Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is AJ Vaden here, and I am joined today with a newer friend, but a friend who has lots of mutual friends with myself and Rory. So, so glad to be adding Damon West to our list of amazing guests on this podcast, but also a new friend in our circle. So before I start this interview, I want to remind everyone, as I always do, why you should stick around and who this podcast was uniquely designed for. So number one, if you have a desire to write and publish books, speak on stages and get your message out into the world, which should be most of you, which is why you listen to this podcast. This is an episode that you want to listen to because we're going to talk about how Damon went from a football player, college football to prison to author, speaker on stages and a lot of things in between there. But ultimately, it's like it does not matter where you are today. If you have that desire on your heart, there is a way to make all of the things of your past a part of this story that leads you to where you want to be. And so we're going to delve into that. We're also going to talk about just how do you do that? Like, how do you get out of prison and go, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to make different choices. And they're big and they're bold and they're not what I expected. And I know a lot of people in our community are entering into new phases of their life. And perhaps it's not that dramatic, right? That transformative, but to some degree, we're starting over. It's a new time in our life, whether it's we've sold a business, starting a new business, we're leaving a company, trying to go out on our own. We're trying to take this side hustle. We've been doing it and making it our full-time thing. Or maybe you're just stepping out on a limb for the first time going, man, I want to do this, but I am scared. This is hard and new. And what am I doing? Like, what Am I crazy? So it doesn't matter where you fall within that spectrum. This is a podcast that is going to be uniquely inspiring and informative to you. So I encourage you to stick around. So now I could give you a whole bunch of background bio. I mentioned a little bit of it. But as I formally introduce Damon, uh, here are just to me, here's a couple of things that I think would be really powerful for you to know is one, yes, he did go to prison. I think you should know, like this is someone who when they talk about setbacks, when they talk about, oh yeah, I made some bad choices, like this led to some pretty severe consequences and then was in prison for a few years. So it's not like, you know, three days in a white collar prison upstate, right? It's a different type. And I think that's really important for us to get. It's like, regardless of how bad you think your situation is, or, well, I can't change from now. Like, well, no, that's not true. He is the author of now three books or four. Well, four in a children's book. So yeah. Four four, in a children's four, book. Yeah. So yeah. The list is growing even as we speak. But also, he's been on stages all across the country. He is a well, well sought after speaker. He is a multi-time author and also an entrepreneur. So everyone who listens to this, you've got some degree of some of those things within you. And so I know, I know that you're going to love this interview. So Damon, welcome. Welcome to the show. 
AJ, thanks a lot so much. I mean, you covered so much in that introduction too, but look, it's, it's so exciting to be here. Like you said, we do have a lot of mutual friends. Amberly, Ed Milet. Ed's a very big mutual friend of us. John Gordon, Catherine Gordon. So it's great to finally meet you and, and be a part of your show because I've got a lot to say about what we're going to talk about today, about building your brand and, and how do you make it? How do you break away from the pack and chase your dreams in life? Because like you said, I had to do it. And you hit the nail on the head. It's not like I went to prison for a couple of years. I got sentenced to life in prison in Dallas, Texas. And I spent seven years and three months of that life sentence in a maximum security level five prison in the state of Texas. The highest security level there is where the worst of the worst go. And then I made parole. I made parole and I'm on parole, AJ, until the year 2073. Mm. So when you talk about making plans and having to follow the rules of your plan every single day, I got a lot to say about that. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's a part of what I kind of want to just start with. And I know people are going to be like, uh, are you going to give us more of that story? Because yeah. what in the world? And so here's my first question for you. It's like, you have this amazing journey from successful college athlete to prison inmate to motivational speaker and author. And that's quite the remarkable journey in your short 47 years. So can you just share with the listeners who maybe are getting introduced to you for the first time, what are some of those pivotal moments or mindset shifts that allowed you to transform, right? And I, and I would say too, it's like maybe in some of the not so awesome ways, right? Because I know that there was an accident during your football days and yeah. that led to choices that were transformative to the more positive transformative. So what were these moments that happened in your life that led to such an influential personal brand today? Yeah, I think that the way to start this off is by, you know, I tell people all the time that at, at no point in my life did, did God just reach out with his hand, hand one day, put his hand on my head and said, Damon, you're healed. <laughs> but what God has done in my life is put people in my life. Mm. Always has. And when I was younger, these people were like my parents or my mother, my father. They were teachers, coaches, people in the community of Port Arthur, Texas that helped raise me. And, and I grew up in Texas and we know that Texas high school football is a big deal. And I was a star quarterback in Texas, played Division One college football. And of course, I got hurt in 1996 against Texas A&M. My career was prematurely ended. And I made a lot of wrong turns at this fork in the road in life. And it had to do with around substance abuse. But I was a very functional addict. And I graduated college, went to work in the United States Congress, worked on Wall Street. I was a broker for UBS when I was introduced to meth for the first time. And I say that there's been people put in my life because the choices that we make in life are going to take us down different roads. And as you alluded to, some roads are good, some roads are bad, but there's always going to be messengers along the way on those roads to help guide you where you need to be. But mm. the trick is you have to be receptive to all those messengers. And sometimes when we're not in the right space, we're not receptive. We can't hear or see the messenger in front of us. And I made a lot of wrong turns again with that fork in the road when I tried meth for the first time in 2004. 18 months after that first hit of meth, I was living on the streets of Dallas and I became a criminal. I started breaking into people's houses to fund my addiction. And the Dallas SWAT team got me in 2008. They arrested me in this dramatic SWAT team raid. They took me to Dallas County Jail. And then a year later, I was sentenced to life in prison. My mother and my father had this conversation with me. They Right after I'm sentenced to life, they, they let my parents talk to me for five minutes, just kind of on the side of the courtroom. And my mom has reminded me about how they raised me. How, you know, the stuff they heard in the courtroom isn't the man they raised. In fact, she tells me, when you go to prison, you won't get in one of these gangs. She said, you come back as the man we raised or don't come back to us at all. 
So now I've got this giant ultimatum and I don't know how I'm going to do it, AJ, because I've never been to prison before. I don't know anything about prison. And I'm in this Dallas County jail complex for the next two months before the prison bus comes to get me. And I had this encounter with one of those people that I would call the messengers in life. It's an old black man named Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson shares with me what prison's going to be like. And he's telling me about the violence I'm going to endure the first couple of months. But he tells me things like, you don't have to win all your fights. You just have to fight all your fights. And that's true in life. No one counts your wins and losses, but everybody kind of watches to see, does he or she get back up? And that's what he's telling me. But he tells me this. He says, let me break it down for you a different way. And that's what he tells me. He said, I want you to imagine prison as a pot of boiling water. And he said, you have three choices of how you're going to respond to this pot of boiling water. You can be like the carrot that turns soft, the egg that becomes hard in the boiling water, or a coffee bean, which changes the pot of boiling water into a pot of coffee. Mm. And that, AJ, when he told me the story about the coffee bean, I remember I was like, I can understand that. And that's the way people's reaction are five to 95 years old when they hear about the coffee bean for the first time, because you can wrap your brain around those three choices. Mm. So Mr. Jackson is one of those people that I met in life that guided me. He was a mentor because we all need mentors, AJ. Everybody needs coaches. We all have to have coaches in life. But as I went through prison, I ran into other people in there. There was my first cellmate, Carlos. You know, Carlos was explaining to me about thinking, how your thinking is everything. Your thoughts control your actions. And if you have the wrong thoughts, you can't have the right actions. And, and so he helped me with the way I think. And as I got through the prison process and I started transforming myself in that prison to a pot of, a, a pot of coffee, the parole board came and took notice and they allowed me to leave prison early on parole. Now, as I said, I'm on parole for the rest of my life. But since I got out of prison in 2015, I've ran into these other messengers in life because now I'm hyper aware of the roads that I'm on. And I'm looking for those messages every day. But I'm going to tell you something, AJ. The main thing I'm looking for every day is how do I serve other people? Because that's like what I pray for every day, AJ. I just, man, I just want to know two things every day from God. Put in front of me what you need me to do today for you and let me recognize it when I see it because I don't want to miss whatever that is. And that's like the first key to everything else you're going to open in life is mm. that the secret to life is serving other people. How do I serve others? Mm. That's so good. And, you know, it's so interesting. I have a friend right now who's really suffering from addiction. And we just had a conversation this past weekend about choices, right? There are defining choices and then there's daily choices, right? We have these daily decisions we have to make and we have these defining choices that we have to make. And those daily decisions turn into habits, right? Which could be good or bad. And these defining mm -hmm. ones are the ones that can send us down one of these roads. And that every, and I love what you said, like every road has messengers alongside the road. And it sounds like to me, it's like prison saved you. It did. Yeah, it was, it was getting a life sentence on top, not just prison, but being sentenced to life in prison. AJ, my, my angels in life, my angels didn't have wings. My angels had assault rifles, they had shields, they had helmets. They, they came through the window, they busted down my door. They were a SWAT mm -hmm. team. And the SWAT teams of life, they're coming for us in different ways all the time. The SWAT teams are different forms. They, a SWAT team is a divorce. It's a bankruptcy. It's a lost yeah. job. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's somebody dying. It's a child that gets hurt. Mm -hmm. The SWAT teams of life are coming for us, but what do we do? And it, it's that mindset shift of saying, I'm going to find the opportunity in this adversity, because I know this for a fact, AJ, no matter what the situation of adversity that you're in, and, and there's many different levels of adversity, and there's a lot of different ways to be in prison, AJ. Mm -hmm. I mean, physical prison, the kind I went into, that's not the worst form of prison. The worst form of prison is the prison in your mind. I mean, I meet more people out here in the free world that are locked up. 
than I ever did when I served time in a real prison. Because I think more people are in prison by their thoughts and by their things than by steel bars and barbed wire and concrete. And the prison that I got sent to, it was like going in as a caterpillar and coming out as a butterfly. It was a cocoon. Hmm. There was a spiritual awakening that I had for seven years and three months. I grew more in seven years and three months, AJ, than I did the first 33 years that I was on earth. But it took some serious adversity in my life to make me get off this comfort zone that I've been in in life. Even when I was in, on drugs and, and in my addiction, there's a comfort zone that people get into. Misery is a very comfortable place too. And your friend that's going through that right now, you're right. It's the daily choice every day that you have to make to change these, to make these good habits. And whenever I was in prison and my back was against the wall and I just surrendered because that's one of the keys to all this. You got to surrender this idea of control over things you do not control once I surrendered to that, I started, I was able to work on myself and, and look, yeah, you're right. Prison did save my life. And one of the things I talk about with people all the time is that, especially people that want to get up there and speak or write books is that, and Ed, my Ed and I talked about this when I was on his podcast, the things that you think might be the, the disqualifiers in your life, because the things that have gone wrong, the, th- the th- places you messed up, those actually may be the great qualifiers for you to help someone else. You know, Amen. these are the things. Yeah, these the things you think disqualify you might be the great qualifiers. Your liabilities may be your biggest asset. But how do you turn that around? How do you make that into a message that people can digest and understand? I mean, I would say I think for the most part, and you know, I'll speak for just myself, but it's like when I listen to speakers and read books, it's like I think most would agree that I don't really want to hear about all the successful things that you've done. Right. It's like at the end of the day, it's like I want to know it's like that. I need to know these human elements of you that you're, you're broken like me and I can still do things just like you did versus, you know, I have this private jet and fly over the world and made this amount of money and built this many businesses. And I just, I've seen so many speakers speak over the years because part of it's my job, but part of it is I love seeing speakers speak. It's like, it's, I love that. And I've always found myself drawn to the person where I'm like, what if that happened to me? Like, what would I do? Like, would I let it grow me or would I let it destroy me? And it's like, those are the stories that are, in my opinion, more transformative, more life-giving than hearing from the person who got it right all the time, did all the right things. Not that those are bad. It's good to hear those stories too. But I think there's something about that comeback story that for most people, they're like, okay, well, if you did it, there's hope for me. So here's my question in that. Because you are speaking on stages and you are so vulnerable with your stories and you don't hold back, which I love and I appreciate. Here's something for the audience. I think it's like, how do you incorporate those sorts of elements of your story into speaking engagements and books and even interviews like this, where one, what did you have to overcome to be like, yeah, I'm just going to be honest. Right, I'm just going to tell you what happened. I'm going to tell you the truth. So how do you do that one? And how do you do it in a way that's beneficial for me, not just hearing your story, but also we always say it's like you tell an I-focused story with a you-focused message because I think you do that really well. But then also for those people who are going, that's cool for you to do, but my story is so dark, it's never going to see the light of day. What advice would you give to that person who has that story And it really does need to be heard, but they're afraid to share it. Great question. And you tap on a little bit of it just now. And you talked about vulnerability. Vulnerability is a strength. Vulnerability gets a bad rap. I mean, people think the word, a lot of times people think vulnerability means you're weak. It's some form of weakness. 
vulnerability is a strength because when you're vulnerable, you let those walls down, those guards down, you show how human you are. And like you said, that draws people in. Now someone says, hey, look, you know, that person's been through something. I've been through something. Maybe there's something they're going to say that's going to help me get through what I'm about to go through next. And here's the deal. Everybody's got a story out there. I believe that everybody's got their personal stories of overcoming. And you said it earlier in the show. People need to hear those stories. We're all going to relate to people in different ways. And your story may be the one thing that helps somebody get through their worst day. So if you're trying to figure out how to tell your story, I'll just give you what happened to me. When I got out of prison in 2015, I'm on parole for the rest of my life, and, but I know I'm sitting on this really powerful story wrapped around this great message. And there's the first part, the story that I can tell and the message within. I think mm. if you're going to be out there speaking, have a message, have this, and this is your brand. This is what you build your brand around. What's the message? Like my call to action at the end of every presentation is be a coffee bean. You know, mm -hmm. the same four words that Mr. Jackson told me when the prison bus was coming to pick me up in Dallas County Jail to go serve a life sentence, the last four words he ever said would be a coffee bean. But it was a statement. It was an order, like, go do this. And that's what you want to build a message inside your story. But I think that you have to work your way up to that. And, and if you're trying to tell a story in front of an audience, it's like reading a book. If a book doesn't grab me in the first seven pages, I'm chalking it. AJ, I'm not, I'm not, it's, you got seven pages to get my attention. And I may go longer than a lot of other people, but it's the same thing with the presentation. I'm sure that you're a lot of the same way. If you're not going to grab my attention early on, then it's just, it's not something I'm, I'm going to be really drawn to. Mm -hmm. In the beginning of my story, for example, I use something that in my background, a SWAT team rate, because not everybody has a SWAT team rate story. What's your version of a SWAT team rate in your life? What was that SWAT team that came for you? What happened in your life that was the catalyst that sent you in a different direction, a difficult path? And give me the adversity early on. When I got out of prison, a little adversity story. I had this story I wanted to share, but I grew up in Port Arthur, Texas, and I, I parole out to my parents' house. I lived with my parents for the first two years that I'm out of prison. <laughs> AJ, I lived in my parents' spare bedroom. I mean, literally, if I would have had like a Tinder profile, it would have sucked, right? I mean, I'm, I'm on parole for the rest of my life. I live in my parents' spare bedroom. I make minimum wage. This guy, which way are you swiping on him? But but I'm focused. I'm driven. And, and I just walked out of a maximum security prison. Yeah. I've got a lot of perspective of what a bad day looks like. And you don't have to go to prison to know that perspective. Everybody knows what a bad day looks like. And it's how do you apply like, hey, this isn't one of those days. This may be a difficult day, but it's not that day, you know? Yeah. So I got up every day and I had this dream of sharing the story in front of audiences. But man, no one will take me in at first. Like I want to start out with schools and church groups and rotary groups and stuff like that. No one's going to let me in. I found a cop and a judge that would take me around and sponsor me to, to take me into schools. But I knew that if I wanted to have a presentation and I wanted to be able to tell a story and the message within it that would be impactful, because that's what you have to do. You have to figure out how am I going to serve this audience? How am I going to serve the reader? It's all about serving people. We talked about this earlier, servant leadership. How am I going to serve this audience? I knew I had to practice and get good at my message. There's no such thing as an overnight success, AJ. You know that. I know that. But people are drawn to that. When they see those, those Instagram accounts with the private jets, the Lamborghinis and all that, I want that. I want that. Well, it takes a long time to get to something and a lot of hard work. Most of the days that I spent the first two years out of prison were not in front of audiences. They were in my parents' spare bedroom because there was a mirror in that spare bedroom. It just happened to be there when I moved in. Every single day, I'd come home from work. I worked at a law firm, which is a really good job for a guy out of prison. But <laughs> I come home from work. After I worked, I went to work. I'd work out. I had a schedule, a routine. I was consistent with it. 
And then I would do a presentation every single night in front of that mirror. For two years, I practiced my presentation, the same presentation I'm using today, in front of a mirror. The mirror was my audience, but I sharpened it up. I was poised. I was ready to go. And then in 2017, Dabo Swinney, the head coach at Clemson, brings me in to talk to his team. The first big college football coach in America that gives me my shot. And my presentation was so on point, so direct on message, and it, it, it served Dabo's team so well that Dabo got on the phone. He started calling every coach in America for me. I mean, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Lincoln Riley. He's calling them all up, and he's telling about this guy you got to bring in. But Dabo introduced me to a guy named John Gordon. And then John Gordon calls me up out of the blue, and he's telling me, he's like, hey, man, I was just I just got done talking to Clemson's football team, and Dabo was telling me about your story and 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 the coffee bean message. And, and that's when John says, hey, Damon, write this book with me. We'll call it The Coffee Bean. He said, the world needs your message. This is where I think that a lot of people give up before they get to this point. But growth follows belief. Mm-hmm. And you have to believe in yourself before other people will believe in you. And the belief in yourself is going to come from the consistency, getting your reps, putting in the work. And that's the thing about life. You know, no one could put in your work for it. You have to put in your own work in life. But when you get that belief in yourself and the, and the reps behind it, then I think other people will believe in you because your message has to be developed and when it gets in front of other people. Because like you said, you don't, you hear these stories about people want to talk about the good stuff they've done, pour out about the stuff you overcame. That's the, that's where the secret sauce is. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I love that. And I love just that reinforcement of you have to be ready before the opportunity comes, right? You've got to be doing this way before you get your chance. But it also, it's like, I really like, I think one of the things that if, as you're listening, you haven't picked up on this before. It's like, you've got to have a message deep within you that is bigger than any obstacle, bigger than any rejection. It's like, I don't care how many times I'm going to get told no, like, I know I'm meant to do this. So if I have to practice for myself in front of the mirror for the next two years, then so be it. But I know that this this is the message that I have to go out and share. And I think that's just a really good reminder for all of us is like, it takes time. It takes practice. It does not happen overnight. And not only does it not happen overnight, it's like, now you're doing tons of work behind the scenes, no matter what you're doing. And anyone who has started a business, started a family, in a marriage, raising kids, you know, doesn't matter what it is, how much work it takes that no one sees before anything actually works. And so one of the questions that as you were talking about, because you mentioned talking to football teams, but you also talk to lots of corporate audiences. You talk to all types of audiences. And I was just like looking at your client list on your speaker press kit as I was prepping for this interview. And it's like, and you've got audiences that range from students to corporations to associations. And clearly your books have mass audience appeal. And one of the questions that I have for you with such like a 
powerful, unique story, right? What are the common themes or messages that you're able to kind of universally share with audiences that regardless of their background, like these apply? And then how do you find those, right? Because I know, and I'm just thinking that we just came off the hills of a two-day event that we hosted for our community, a brand builders group. And I think one of the things that people have a hard time doing is translating these like deeply personal messages that it's like, I know if I'm in, if I'm in a room full of student athletes, I'm going to crush it. But how do I make that work with a group of direct sales women from Arbonne or whatever? And it's like, how do you take these like big, powerful stories and find these common themes, as you mentioned, these messages of your stories that resonate across any audience? Great question. John. So when John reaches out to me and he's telling me, hey, let's write this book. We'll call it The Coffee Bean. And we start becoming friends. John's watching me grow as a speaker. And he's about to really watch me grow as an author because John Gordon's about to hitch me to his to his rocket ship and put me out there in a different level, right? And he knows what's coming. He told me this, AJ. He said, listen, he said, Damon, he said, you have been going out sharing your message and you have been sharing this Be A Coffee Bean. That's your brand. That's your message. Be A Coffee Bean. You see it behind me, you see it on my shirts, you see it everywhere. He said, stick with this. He said, and I'm going to tell you this, a lot of speakers, a lot of authors, they'll go and they don't see a result fast enough. And three years, four years down the line, they don't see the results coming in yet. And then they change their message. They change their brand and they go a different direction because they weren't seeing the results fast enough. He said, results take time to measure. I'll never forget that. He said, stick with be a coffee bean. He said, one day, if you do this, you will be known as the coffee bean guy. And that's going to be a pretty big thing to be known as. He said, I'm known as the energy bus guy. And that's a very big thing to be known as. Stick with the coffee bean. Don't ever change your brand or your message. No matter what audience you get in front of, it's always got to be about being a coffee bean. When John told me that, that's like one of these huge nuggets. And I know you and Rory talk about this a lot. You got to build your brand. You got to stay consistently on message. Now, how does that translate? Because if I'm going to talk to a bunch of 18 to 22 year old college athletes, there's one message for them, right? And then if I'm going to talk to corporate America, if if Walmart or AIG brings me into a corporate boardroom, what am I going to say to them? Here's what I would tell you. Do your research, tailor your message to fit your audience, know what stories go with what groups, but never leave behind that core message. Every group I've spoken, and at this point, AJ, I've spoken to thousands, not a thousand, two, three thousand different audiences in that time. And I've never not told the story of the coffee bean and I've never not told my backstory. Now, is my backstory the same? in a corporate audience as it is in front of a college athletic? No, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be different. I'm going to have different stories. I'm going to have interviews with that corporation. I always, every corporation I speak to, I want to have a call with usually with the, the, the keeper of the culture or the CEO or somebody, because culture is a top-down thing. The higher level I can get to, the better, because I want to learn about their culture. I want to learn about your core values. And if you can give me your core values, I can weave them into my presentation. So when I'm speaking to a corporate audience, at one point when I'm talking about turning it around, and I talk about the, the different ways it became a coffee bean, things like servant leadership, things like about controlling what you can control in life, usually your core values will line up with my core values and I can weave them in right there and say, hey, you know, like we talk about at this company, this is one of our values. This is the same thing as what I'm saying right here. Now you've individualized it. You've personalized it for your group in front of them. They know that you put in the work 
to come and sit in front of them that day. You didn't just come there to get a check. You came there to serve mm-hmm. because that's what you're ultimately there to do. You're there to serve. And if you can figure out how to serve, that's where the secret sauce is, not just for them, but for you too, because when we're serving other people, that's when we're at the best version of ourselves too, because that's what we're all called to do is serve other people. I love that. What I wrote down, and I think this is such a good reminder for me to remind our whole community about this. So for everyone listening, it's just the power of what Damon just said. It's like, you have to know how to tailor your presentation, not change your message, right? It's like, no, your message is your message. And that's what you want to be known for. And I tell you what, Damon, you should have some like pretty big endorsements coming. You need to be hitting up like Starbucks and all the coffee shops. <laughs> I've right? tried. If, if you're the coffee bean man, you need to be like Starbucks. Where are you at? All I've tried. Things. Starbucks is hard to get through to it. If you know somebody from Starbucks, when we get off air, tell me because oh I've my tried. Gosh. Well, I'm a bulletproof coffee girl. So it's been a minute since I've been to Starbucks, but I will tell you, it's like, but it's like, again, it's like once you become known for that thing, it's like in Brand Builders Group language, it's called what we call breaking through Sheehan's wall. It's like you want to be a power washer, not a water hose, right? It's yep. like you've got to just know exactly what your message is. And when people think of you, they need to think of coffee bean story, right? It's like when I think of a coffee bean story, I think of Damon. When I think of Damon, I think about these coffee beans. And it's like once that happens, then you have broken through Sheehan's wall, Right. And that's a great reminder for all of us is tailor the presentation, but don't change your message. Don't change your message. I love that. That's such a good reminder. And I'm also I'm watching the clock and we have like five or six minutes left. And I actually want to ask you two more personal development questions kind of about these books that you've written. And you've invested a lot of time into this message and writing these books. And so there's two last questions I have for you. So I know that a huge part of what you talk about, what you write about is resilience, perseverance and mindset right? There's lots more, but those are three things that stood out to me. And so some tactical advice for anyone who is listening or just for me, what are some key strategies or practices that individuals like me and everyone listening that that can adopt to help increase these qualities of perseverance, resilience, mindset shifts to navigate setbacks in our personal or professional lives? So it's like when S-H-I-T hits the fan. I'm on a non-cussing roll right now, so I can spell it. Can't say it. Um, But when it hits the fan, how do we go? Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's good in this versus, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. No, great question because we all go through this. And and it's look, John, our friend, John Gordon, John says that fear and faith have more in common than the letter F to begin with. John says fear and faith both believe in futures that haven't happened yet. Fear is this negative future. You can choose to believe in that. You get the choice. That's good. But faith is a positive future. You get the choice to believe in that too. And you can choose your path every day. And it's always better to choose faith over fear. If you're going to pick a future that hadn't happened, pick the positive one. And this is where I I try to like land every day is like, I've got to focus on the positive every single day because there's going to be negativity around me. There's going to be things that happen in life that can pull you out of this, this good time that you're in but you got to focus on the positive. I learned two things about adversity in life inside that maximum security prison, AJ. This is what I learned. I learned that adversity is never as bad as you think it's going to be. And you are always capable of way more than you think you are. Mm. Because as human beings, we will allow overthinking to get in the way of overcoming. So don't overthink. Just step back. Like we were talking about a separate subject a while ago before we hit record. And it was a very simple answer that you gave me to the very complex question that I had. 
Usually it's something very simple to pull you out of where you are that day. Focus on the positive. It's all about your mindset. It's like when you're sitting in traffic. Some days the traffic bothers you and other days the traffic doesn't bother you. Is it the traffic or is it you? It's always going to be you. And it's always how you see three words that I love putting together. Position determines perspective. Mm-hmm. Position determines perspective. Where you are and where you've been determines the world that you see. Try to always have a positive perspective and use your perspective on what a bad day looks like. Because all of us know what a bad day looks like. Like I told you, my bad day, every day that my when I wake up, my feet don't hit the cold concrete floor of the prison cell. I'm having a pretty good day. And everybody's got, yeah, everybody, but everybody's got this to some measure, but you have to apply it. The night that I met Dabo Sweeney, it was at a coach's award show in Houston, Texas, January of 2017, a buddy of mine in Houston, he called me up. He said, man, these eight coaches are going to be in this room. The best coach in America is going to be named. I can sneak you in. I'm at the event right now. I drove an hour and a half to get this event. He sneaks me in the back door and I'm there and I I go up and meet all these coaches because I got this story I want to share with them. And every coach I met that night, AJ, slammed the door in my face. They all told me no. There was one coach left. One hour. It took me to get seven no's in one hour. I mean, I've been defeated that night. And I'm in the corner of the Toyota Center. I'm getting ready to leave. I'm licking my wounds, feeling sorry for myself. The voice in my head is telling me, go home. You're an imposter. You don't belong. The imposter syndrome. And you know, we're all gonna, you're going to go through this. When you're out there speaking and writing a book, you're going to ask yourself sometimes, do I belong here? But let me tell you something. Do not listen to yourself. Talk to yourself because the voice in your head can be fear. Mm -hmm. And I told myself that night, there's no way I'm leaving until that guy tells me no. The last coach is going to, this isn't prison. I survived something way worse than this. I applied the perspective and I stalked Abbo Swinney around that room. It ended up being the biggest yes I've ever gotten in life, but it's because I believed in what I was doing. And if you have that belief, don't let anybody tell you what you can or cannot do. And always ask your questions, take your shots. Because the only question you know the answer to, AJ, is the one you do not ask. Mm -hmm. That answer is no every time if you don't ask your question. Take your shots. Always take your shots in life. I love that. I love that so much. It's Sometimes we just need a little dose of inspiration to go, I got this. I can do this. I can do hard things. I took my kids on a a hike yesterday to just commemorate Memorial Day and just like just really just an hour and a half of just like silence and helping my kids understand what Memorial Day is all about. And halfway through this hour and a half long hike, now my kids are small. They're almost four and just turned six. This is a long, this just feels like a marathon for them, right? It's not that long, it's two and a half miles, but it felt like a marathon for these small humans. And my husband ends up carrying my four-year-old, but my six-year-old, I'm like, hey, if you can make it all the way back to the car, you get a sticker and a sticker is worth a quarter. And at the end of the week, he gets to turn in his stickers for quarters for doing hard things. And he's like, I get a sticker. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna give you a sticker, buddy. It's like 25 little cents. It's a whole quarter, right? And he gets motivated and he's like, he's hustling and we get towards the end. He goes, mom, I just, I need to quit. I'm like, you need to quit? He goes, yeah, I need to quit, mama. Feet hurt. I need to quit. I'm like, no, buddy. And I pause, like in the middle of all these people, they're probably like, who is this crazy cheerleader mom? And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, I need you to say this with me. I can do hard things. I'm like, no, I can do hard things. He's like, no, mom, I cannot say that. You're so embarrassing. And I'm like screaming (laughs) at the top of my lungs, I can do hard things. And it was like- Tell me Rory was recording this while you were doing it. I I think he was quite a while back carrying my four-year-old and- Here's like the craziest part. It's like, I don't know if it helped him, but it helped me. It's like, I hope it helped him, but it helped me. 
And it was like such a reminder that. that no, I can do hard things. Like, I hope Jasper that you got something out of that. But at the end of the day, it's like, after saying it like 10 times, screaming in the middle of the state park, I'm like, no, I can do hard things that I needed that reminder. And it's like, sometimes it's like, gosh, we just need to remind ourselves. Oh my God, AJ, I love that. Cause you're hitting on something that, that, that is like the big force in my life that's going on. Like every time I go out and I serve other people, this helps other people. I, I know it does. And I hope it does. But I know one person it helps for sure. That's how I stay sober. Mm-hmm. That's I work a program recovery, a 12-step program recovery. I'll do it for the rest of my life. Because in my 12-step program recovery, I've got to find ways to serve other people. Because if I don't, I stay inside myself. And there's nothing good that happens when you're inside yourself. It like literally people ask me about, hey, you're on, I'm on the road 80% of the year, AJ. I mean, I'm speaking all over the world now. And in 24 days of the month, I'm gone. But it's how I stay sober by serving other people. By, and you don't have to do it on that big scale like that. Yeah. But you can do it anywhere you are. You can serve. You did it with your, with your kid, but it helps you. Mm-hmm. And it helps me. Every time I go out and share my story, it helps me because it reminds me that, yeah, I can do hard things. I can overcome it. I can stay sober one more day. It's so great. I love that. Yeah. And that, like when you were saying that, it just reminded me of that yesterday. It's like, I don't actually know if it helped him. (laughs) It's like, I'm the one who needed it. And it's like, if we don't remind ourselves, it's like often we don't, someone else isn't supposed to be around following us around reminding us. That's our job. We got to have these types of people like you, these messengers in our life to do that for us, which is why I love what you said. Everyone needs a mentor. Everyone needs a coach. It's true. We all do. Lots of us need lots of them. All right. Last quick question. And I know that we're almost over time here, but- Take your time. I don't care. This is a fun conversation. (laughs) Go go as long as you want. Let's go. So in the Coffee Bean, the book, which everyone should go and check out, which I think is so great. And I'll use this as my- public service announcements. If you want to check out more about Damon West and his speaking, his books, all the things he has going on, but also grab a copy of this book, The Coffee Bean. He's got other books too. He's got one for kids. Go to damonwest.org. So that's damonwest.org. And then again, the book is called The Coffee Bean. It's co-written with John Gordon. He's got a version for kids, which I love all kids books. So I'll be picking that up myself or follow him on Instagram, which is at Damon West 7. So it's at Damon West 7 on Instagram or just go to DamonWest.org and you can get all of his social themes there. But I will also, we'll put this on the show notes for you. Okay, so last question. In The Coffee Bean, you talk about the importance of mindset and in my interpretation, how that can shape our influence how it can shape our personal brand. So here's my last question for that person who really does need to cultivate this, I can do hard things mindset for the person who does have a lot of limiting beliefs. What would you say is the number one thing for that individual to cultivate a growth mindset, a I can do hard things, this overcoming of self-limiting beliefs, what would you say is the one thing that they can do to really, well, both build their personal brand, which for us is just their reputation, but also to just live a better life? What is the thing that we can do to change our mindset, to build a better mindset? Yeah, this is something that that I have to remind myself of, and I think every one of us do. And aside from the things you just said, because that's very important, you just said something very important because your brand is your reputation. And this is you. This is like everything about what you're putting out. That's your reputation. So guard that. But it's consistency. Be consistent. 
take the same action every single day. And whenever you're consistent, you start building this confidence in yourself because like, you know, Ed talks about this a lot. You keep promises that you make to yourself, Mm. but be consistent, show up every day. One of the hardest things about working out is just getting to the gym. And if you can get yourself to the place where you need to be every day to be consistent, that's when it's going to happen, but it's going to take time. And just understand that, that you have to put in the work, but consistency trumps everything else. Consistency can beat talent, by the way. Talent is great to have, but talent doesn't beat someone who is consistent and won't go away. Someone who's persistent, someone that gets in front of the, a mirror in a spare bedroom where they live on parole and practices a presentation that one day is going to be the business that, that they use to create other businesses with. Because the speaking business, I mean, AJ, it's something I tell my wife almost daily that I cannot believe this is my life and I get to go out and impact the world like this, but it provides for a life for my family that's created generational wealth. Mm-hmm. I mean, every generation has changed underneath me now, but it started out in my parents' spare bedroom speaking in front of a mirror for two years to get my presentation right, to go speak one time in front of Dabo Sweeney. You know, that's what it's about, being consistent. I love that. You know, I'm I'm reading through the Old Testament right now. I'm in this like Bible in a year program and I'm reading through the Old Testament. And one of the things that has stuck out to me most about the Old Testament is how often people get their answers or their desires given to them is persistence. I'm going to start counting like how many times a king said, yes, I'll resolve this. Just leave me alone. Or how many times it was just like pure persistence pure, just consistent. I'm going to show up every day at this, at this King's doorstep. I'm going to show up every day at this, at my master's door. And I'm going to ask, and I'm going to ask. And they're like, oh my gosh, just I'll give you whatever you want. Stop asking me. And it's such a great reminder that it's like so much power comes in persistence. And you're in the old Testament right now, like the book of Job, man, if you want to read a story about a guy that was consistent and just showed up every day while the SHIT was hitting the fan, Uh (laughs) read Job, man, this dude, this dude endured way more than any, anybody you can imagine for years. This went on, lost his entire family. I mean, everything was taken, but he had faith and he had consistently, consistently. He believed every day, that I have faith in this and it's going to work out. And that's, you got to have what they call the patience of Job. You know, I tell people all the time, since we're talking about the Old Testament, that that God doesn't set bushes on fire anymore, AJ. That's a very Old Testament thing that God did to get people's attention. But you know what God does today? God sets people on fire. Mm -hmm. And that's when people are just burning this glowing light that shows that God is real, that there's no other way to explain what's going on in this person's life. That story I'm listening to, that's what God does. He sets people on fire. That's how we know that God is real. And I get to be one of those people and you get to be one of those people, but it takes that belief and that consistency every day. Preach it. Love this. Y'all check out Damon. Go to damonwest.org. Check him out. Follow him. Buy his books. Spread this good news. Damon, so, so awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your story and these words of wisdom. And for everyone else, stay tuned for the recap episode that will be coming up later this week. We'll see you next time. Thank you. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, 
take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 